0: Welcome to Emrons Podcast, episode number 55. This is your host, Suman Silwal.
1: Some days just go running for the pure
0: pleasure of running. This episode is brought to you by 7 Bridges Marathon. Visit mruns.com to get 10% discount on all Seven Bridges Marathon events, including Marathon, Half Marathon, and 5Ks. See you at the starting line of the 7 Bridges in October. Join us to celebrate 10 years of running Pinhody 100, the Western State Qualifier. Visit PinhodyTrailSeries.com to learn more about the Pinhody 100. I'd like to welcome uh, Dean Karnasas to Emron's podcast. Uh, Dean is finally, we're able to arrange our uh, podcast interview, and um, Dean is a well-known author and a runner and ultra-marathon. He he puts many, many hats. Um, If you don't know Dean, uh, you have not been ultra-runner or or just new to the running field. Dean, how are you doing today?
1: I am terrific. Thank you for having me on. We uh it was an ultra marathon just getting us together for a call. So I appreciate you uh your patience and your and your doggedness. Yeah, you're
0: <laughs> it's like a running a hundred a hundred mile or so. You have to keep it persisting till till you get get you on. Um we know your story and um all the things you have done. Uh Tell us uh, just uh, briefly what really got you started uh, running the way you do it now.
1: Well, I used to love to run when I was a kid, and I gave up running after my freshman year of high school. So I gave up running when I was 14, and then uh, I started running again on my 30th birthday. And the reason I started running again is because I got very drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad tequila, as we all do on our 30th birthday. And I I walked out of a bar in San Francisco and decided that I used to love to run. I was going to run 30 miles that night to celebrate my my 30th birthday and so off, off I stumbled into the night and somehow ran straight through the night ran 30 miles and uh, became a runner after that point.
0: You um, you gave up uh, your career for running and a lot of time people ask uh, me how do you make a living out of running but you have made a living out of running but you have taken running beyond itself correct?
1: Well I admire people that want to pursue uh, uh, their passion And you know, you've carved out a little bit of a niche. I've carved out a little bit of a niche, but you need to be creative. Um, you know, when you, as you know, you 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 know, you finish your ultra marathon. Even if you win an ultra marathon, what do you get? <laughs> the same the same buckle as everyone else got. So you know, how do you how do you keep the lights on? How do you put food on your table? And um, you know, that takes some creativity uh, and some scrappiness. So you know, I I really admire anyone who's made a you know is trying to make a living um, in in this sport of ours.
0: Definitely, uh, just uh, a lot of us we are not uh, elite runners, so it's not gonna come through. You know, uh, finishing first in Boston or Chicago or something like that. But a lot of your crazy running you did when you were young. Um, 30 is pretty young, you know, considerably young for the ultra running. How, how do you now, as you aged, how, how does that work for you? Are you still doing those things?
1: I'm still trying to keep going. Yeah, I've, um, I've gotten slower. That's for sure. And I have to work much harder now to, you know, to be able to do the things I, I could do more effortlessly when I was younger. But I'm not slowing down. I, you know, I ran a marathon on Sunday, I, you know, basically, uh, this entire year, I think I've run a marathon and an ultra marathon almost every weekend or every other weekend. Uh, so far this year in, in 2017, and I'm going to keep it up.
0: So does your body has changed over the years, you know, um, uh, since the beginning, when you started that 30 mile journey versus now, has it gotten stronger? Or it's like you said, that as as you age, things will change as well.
1: No, my body's adapted, and I've gotten stronger uh, over time, especially when I when I started running. Um, you know, longer distances. And, I, you know, I'll say that I either run long distances is short, I mean, uh, in, a, in a slow at a slow pace, you know, with LSE as they call it, long, slow, slow distance, or I run shorter distances at a at a fast pace. But I think what what damages the body the most is, you know, like Sunday, when I ran a marathon, you know, at a fast pace, I think running a, a road marathon at a hard pace is really tough on the body versus even running a 100 mile trail run where, you know, you're running at a, at a, a more varied pace, and you're mixing it up with, um, you know, usually some trails, some climbing and descending. So I, uh, I, I keep doing um, long you know, slow runs or short, fast runs. And I think that's a, a good recipe for continuing to in, improve your endurance.
0: Definitely. Before we go further, let's uh, talk about your recent book that you have written, uh, The Road to Sparta. Uh, I have read, listened that book uh, several times now. Give us the overview of the book.
1: Well, you know, the one, the one thing that uh, when people hear, you know, my name or hear about my story, they think, wow, this, you know, this guy's an, uh, a, you know, a very prolific runner. Uh, but I've also really worked on the craft of writing. Um, I, you know, I, I'm also a New York Times bestselling author, which I, I never my wildest dreams would have expected me to be such. But um, I, I've liked uh, learning the process of, running, of, of writing and I've liked embracing the struggle and the hardship that's required and the discipline to, to write something that's compelling. And certainly The Road to Sparta, I think, is um, my most researched book. I mean, I worked with historians. Um, the book has actually been number one on Amazon in the category of Greek history. <laughs> and it's a, running, you know, it's a running book. I mean, I, obviously it's done well in, you know, in, in running in athletic sports books as well, but in Greek history. So I wanted to incorporate, um, you know, the, the lore and the legend of, of marathon. Um, what happened 2,500 years ago in ancient Greece? You know, that's, that's, that we're doing today, you know, marathon running. What actually took place and what founded, and what was the genesis of, of, you know, running 26.2? So that is what, um, launched the story. I'm 100% Greek and, you know, it's a very, um, a personal story in that I, you know, was reunited with a lot of my relatives and people that I'd never, you know, I'd lost touch with or never even known in my life. And so there's the story of, Self-discovery as well, you know, learning more about who you are and where you came from. And I think every person is interested in that, um, you know, regardless if you're a runner or not.
0: Definitely. And and in your book, um, you talk uh, about uh, your journey from Athens to Sparta. And uh, there was many, many, many stories you you had uh, talking about an out-of-body experience. Is it really that, that those things happen when you do the distance running like that?
1: Well, you know, this race, for the listeners that are unfamiliar with the Spartathlon, it's a 153-mile um, foot race from Athens to Sparta. And it's also in, uh, you know, very mountainous terrain in southern Greece. The temperatures are very hot, and there's... Pretty strict cutoff times. Uh, for instance, you have to be at mile fifty point two two within nine and a half hours, or else you're cut from the race. And this is a this is a tough fifty point two two mile distance uh, that you have to cover in nine and a half hours, uh, or else again, your you know that's the cutoff time. And you don't want to be anywhere close to nine and a half hours because you want some buffer because those cutoff times continue like that for the entire duration of the of the race. And I was having a bad race. I think one of the reasons the book is is unique is that it's not about me winning a race. It was one of the you know, the worst ultra marathons I'd ever been in, at least from a competitive standpoint. Um, You know, I by all accounts, I should have DNF. I mean, my electrolytes were out of balance. I was severely dehydrated. Uh, But I got it in my head that I had to finish that race. It was such a Personal thing at that point. I was Greek, you know. This is my heritage here on the line, and I just got in my head. I was either going to end up in an ambulance, you know, taken off the course, um, or I was going to, I was going to finish one way or the other. <laughs> and you know, the things I wrote about, you know, sleep running. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not a really would have considered a religious guy, but I, I think what I had. Was uh, not a body of experience. I mean, I, I perceived my body from a different location than my actual body, and I and I wrote about that. And I mean. You know, given your background, uh, you're probably reading some of that saying, well, you know, this, this happens sometimes and, you know, in, in people that are near death or something. But for me, it was a first and it was it was quite shocking when when it actually happened.
0: Definitely. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting read that part of the story. Uh, tell us about what did you learn um, out of writing this book? Um, because you have written many books. This, this is becoming the newest book out there. What did you learn about yourself? Well,
1: on the road to Sparta, I learned that um, that I like exploration beyond the physical. So most of what an ultramarathoner does is, you know, running great distances, which is a physical endeavor. But I also like the process of research and and you know, kind of this never stop exploring and digging deeper and, and peeling back layers and learning more and more. Uh, that to me was uh, every much a, a quest as running a hundred mile ultra marathon and something that I enjoyed where it's, you know, right. Writing is a, is a very a solo pursuit as is running. And it does require a lot of discipline. I mean, I always say it's, you know, 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. Um, but I, but I like that. I, I, I think they're very complimentary
0: in certain ways. Definitely, and uh, you, you have done that great job there. Uh, tell us about uh, overall uh, since you start running when on your thirty year, age of thirty. Have you ever taken a DNF or came close to it?
1: Yeah, now you know you, uh, I've run hundreds of marathons and ultramarathons on all seven continents uh, twice now. So I've been all around the world, and I've I've had. Uh, you know, a handful of DNFs um, in, in those. So, in, you know, of, ma- of those many, many races, I've had a handful of DNFs. And the only time I am willing to DNF is if I feel like I'm doing uh, harm to my body, uh, especially if I'm thinking I'm going to do some sort of permanent damage to my body. I would never do that. I, you know, our sport is, you know, some people think it's masochistic. I, I mean, I don't think it goes quite to that extreme, but if I feel like it's becoming masochistic, like, okay, I'm going to end up, you know, uh, with permanent, Damage, you know, kidney damage or, you know, broken bones or whatever. Um, that's, those are the, the handful of times I've DNF'd.
0: Definitely. That's one of the things I mentioned to my friend or, or anytime they, people are crewing me, I definitely tell them that, you know, as long as it's not a medical, don't stop me. You know, yeah. if I'm falling asleep in the trail, give me a lot of Coke or, or coffee. You know, that's what happened to me when I was running 100 last time, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, on, on your journey, I mean, well, let's just focus on that. Uh, you know, you have done cover, like I said, the world twice and all. Uh, and from the beginning, what are, what are your biggest struggle? I mean, looking at you, we think he he, he can run any day, any time in 24 hours. You know, you have done many, many of those. What are what are your struggles?
1: Well, you know, I have to be honest, the the toughest thing for me nowadays, because of where my career has gone is, is the travel. I travel globally. And I, uh, you know, it's, it's always on a tight schedule. So I always, you know, I, I'll fly into somewhere, you know, get a, a, a sleep deprived jet lagged, you know, couple hours of sleep, I'll get up, you know, run an ultra marathon. <laughs> and it's, you know, lucky to get a shower. And then I hop on a, a transatlantic flight. So it's, it's the sleep deprivation um, and really pushing my body in that regard that tears me up the most. I mean, the last thing you want to do is, you know, run a, run an ultra, a tough ultra and get on a plane, you know, and, and sit idle um, for 10 or 12 hours. That's really, that adds a new dimension
0: of, of toughness. <laughs> I think I was, I was I was reading about part of that on your book, too, because, um, you know, for us, you know, even yesterday, a Sunday, I ran a marathon. And I didn't want to travel the same day, you know. For you, you just feel... Finish the race and just hop in the plane and and go somewhere else. And uh, it it creates a great story, but I, I guess the physical toll is uh, greater there. So I guess it's a different type of ultra uh, endurance uh, athlete you become in in that sense too.
1: Well, i just you know I've, I've become very disciplined in my eating behavior and everything I do. I look at. Uh, through the lens of of being the best animal I can be. So I I basically now process everything, you know, as how will it impact my endurance? You know, how will it impact my performance? And, you know, that goes for, um, you know, optimal hydration, uh, diet. Um, you know, sleep as much sleep as I can get quality of sleep when I can get quality of sleep interpersonal relationships. I mean, all of these things, uh, impact your performance and your ability, to, you know, to keep going, uh, and push your body through, through these sort of endeavors that I get into. So I think that, um, you know, having the discipline to say, uh, you know, I'm, j- I'm not going to eat, Versus, I'm um, putting something that's not good for me in my mouth, and you know that that requires <laughs> that that requires some mental toughness, right? So, you know, I I, I really discipline myself where you know if I'm traveling, uh, I'm not going to eat junk because that's one thing that I learned that when you start eating junk, that's just a downward spiral. I mean, that that negatively impacts everything you do. So, you know, I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm going to stay very well hydrated. Um, you know, I'm going to try to stay as grounded as I can. Um, keep you know my head out of out of my Twitter feed and all that stuff, just so I keep my own mental sanity. And these sort of things, I think, um, these little things, these you know, these 10% betterments on everything you do, or even 1% betterment, um, they really add up.
0: Definitely. Talk about uh, running race almost every weekend and um, and traveling and all. Do you put in any training time in between or, or the races are you training nowadays?
1: No, I do a lot of training in between and not not uh, only running, but a lot of cross training. So I, I found that I, as I've gotten older, um, to maintain my muscle mass, I really need to do a lot of uh, you know, what they call HIT training or high-intensity interval training. So I uh, have a pull-up bar in my office, a sit-up mat, uh, a dip bar, and I'm constantly cycling through sets of pull-ups and push-ups and sit-ups, uh, dips and burpees. Uh, so it's primarily bo- body resistance um, training, but uh, I do that constantly throughout the day.
0: So you, you try to use uh, every little time you get or you have to do, do the cross-training or training or running or, or however, however it goes for you, correct?
1: that's exactly
0: right <laughs> yeah I tell myself I do that often too but you know it doesn't work that way sometimes so
1: yeah but I mean, what I what I do is and I have a routine that takes about it takes about 12 to 14 minutes and it's it's you know your heart rate's going to be elevated really high for those 12 to 14 minutes but it's basically um, you know a set of exercises that kind of works every body in your muscle and and a lot of the micro muscles as well it's very quick it's intense and you know I find that you know 12 to 14 minutes I can get through that and if I do one set you know I I typically do 5 or 6 sets throughout the day once you get started you know okay it's quantifiable like it's okay it's going to be 12 minutes and I'm going to be done with this and I can get through 12 minutes (laughs) you know this Saying i'm going to go to the gym you know and spend two hours in the gym that that seems um to me much more intimidating and kind of um monotonous versus just you know throughout the course of the day 10 or 12 minutes
0: got you it just keeps adding that those minutes and and then you keep in training on that so yeah definitely I, i need to add those those kind of training as well because i lack on cross training for sure Tell us about um, uh, what kind of, What in- inspires you to do, continue to do whatever you do, uh, whatever you have started since, like it's back to when you are when you first started running till now. What inspires you?
1: You know, just the the desire to be the best that I can be. And, you know, how how I define that is, you know, is different these days. I mean, it used to be that I wanted to, you know, win a race or I wanted to set a PR. Or I wanted to finish within a certain time. Um, now the journey's become uh, a little broader. I mean, last summer I served as a U.S. athlete ambassador and I was sent uh, to Central Asia as a sports envoy. So. I ran uh, 525 kilometers along the ancient Silk Road between Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, and Kazakhstan uh, to celebrate 25 years of diplomatic relations with the U.S. So this was a a journey that was sponsored by the Department of State, U.S. State Department. And I stopped at schools along the way. uh, I talked at embassies. You know, I met with um, government officials. And it was a a much different role to be an ambassador and to use running and sports as a way of soft diplomacy, they call it, of br- bridging, you know, um, borders and bringing people together. And I really saw the power that running has in doing that. So that was a, uh, something that I really enjoyed the experience. And I really believe it's something bigger than just a guy out there running. I think it's a way to to bring, the, you know, to make the world smaller and bring people together. So I've been in touch, you know, with the State Department. and I'm going to have a couple more. Uh, there's going to be a couple different uh, programs set up this year would well, there be the same sort of endeavor and to me that combines you know running with you know other skill sets like diplomacy um as well as exploration and to me that was you know something i really enjoyed and that's kind of the, where my career has gone over the years
0: definitely taking a running beyond running and that's that's that that's what well, you have done that um great and um uh, that and you're able to do that continuously right now um uh, you you talked briefly talked about your nutrition what kind of nutrition do you follow do you have any specific nutrition or like you said you don't eat junk during while you travel uh can you just briefly talk to about talk about that <laughs> hmm?
1: i will and you know i i will also tell you that um you know my diet has changed people can change over the years and my diet has certainly changed so i don't think i'll ever live down the story of um running a 200 mile relay race uh solo and being stranded out in the middle of nowhere on this backcountry road with just a cell phone and a credit card and, and ordering a pizza. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I ran about um, I, yeah, pizza delivered while I was running. I, I used to eat a lot of junk food and, and now my diet is is very refined. So uh you know, think that if you if you can't pull it from a tree, um, you know, pull it up from the earth uh, or catch it with your hands. Uh, I don't eat it. So I avoid packaged foods. I avoid, I don't eat any bread, any pasta, any rice, anything that needs to go through a machine to be prepared to eat. And that includes oats. Uh, I don't eat. Uh, So it's pretty much what they call a, you know, a paleo diet, if you will. And I also don't, I don't cook my food. So most of my food is raw. Now that's with the exception of meat, I'll cook, you know, lightly and I eat a lot of seafood. So I live on wild Pacific salmon. I live in San Francisco, which makes it easy. You know, the source is easy, but I eat a lot of cold water fish i think that cold water fish and the omega-3 fatty acids really are beneficial for your joints and your mental acuity so my diet's become very refined in that regard and it's really helped sustain my energy and my consistency throughout the course of a day It's just changing my diet in that regard
0: definitely i, I turn vegan and vegetarian for running but uh, but i think I, my diet is not as consistent as i, I, I like to be Dean, uh tell us what's coming out for you this year or, or in the coming years.
1: Well, I'll tell you, um you know, in the ne- in the next month I'm I'm off to Boston, so I'm running the Boston Marathon. I think this is my fifth or sixth time I've run Boston. Uh from Boston, I'm flying to London to run the the London Marathon and um uh, my book is being released in the UK, so I'll be there for the book launch. Uh from London, I'm flying to Lisbon, Portugal <laughs> for a run. And then from uh, Portugal, I'm flying to, to Big Sur, to the Big Sur Marathon. So that's kind of the next four weekends, what they look like. Um, beyond that, I'm hoping in 2018, the start of uh, 2018, to run a marathon in every country of the world in a one-year time span. So I'm hoping to uh, set out on a global expedition. There are 203 countries, um, nations in the world, and to run a marathon in each and every one of them within a one-year time span.
0: That's a lot of running for one year but but if you pass by country of Nepal let me know I may able to join you that's my home country so 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 that'll be great and I will, I'm, I'm going to Boston to Big Sur this year. So hopefully I will see you somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. Have so you
1: done the Boston Big Sur challenge before?
0: No, this is my first time. So I've done a Boston, but Big Sur will be my first. I'm running for Culture City uh, fundraising. So that's what I'm um, doing. Um, they were, they asked me to run. I'll see you on one of the other places. Before we close our interview, uh, can you give a word of advice to beginner runner, run like us, uh, give a word of advice to, uh, to continue our journey in running and take it beyond beyond running, like you have done.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, my there's a, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of proverbs I could leave you with. One is a, a Portuguese proverb that I love, and it's just you know, who runs for pleasure never tires. So even if you're very competitive, some days just go running for the pure pleasure of running. You know, don't don't wear your GPS. You know, don't think you have to hit a certain mile uh, in a certain number of minutes. Just run. And, you know, the other thing that, you know, that I think as I get older that I'm appreciating is, and I say this to people a lot, is, you know, you don't have to go fast. You just have to go And there's a Chinese proverb that says, you know, be not afraid of of going slowly. uh, Be afraid only of standing still. So I encourage people, you know, just as you get older and you slow down, just keep going.
0: Definitely, Dean. Uh, It has been pleasure uh, to talk to you. Hopefully I'll see you at Boston, Big Sur or or somewhere in between.
1: I'm I'm sure we'll see each other because uh, at uh, Big Big is not a real big race, and Boston, as you know, is big, but Big Sur is a smaller, more intimate race, so I look forward to sharing some footsteps by your side.
0: Great. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on. Come join us to run Alabama's latest 100, Blood Rock 100, right outside Birmingham, Alabama, at Oak Mountain State Park. Visit SoutheasternTrailRuns.com to learn more about Blood Rock 100-miler, 50-miles, 50K, and 25K race in December. Visit MRuns.com to get 5% discount on all southeastern trail runs races as well as blood rock event thanks for listening to another episode of mruns podcast please subscribe to mruns podcast channel voice of runners also follow mruns.com's social media handle marathon runs on twitter facebook and instagram for recent updates photos and more